Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks, formerly Front Porch Talks. Um, we're glad to have you with us today. Um, Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis, and today we're joined by uh, Jenny Meadows. Jenny, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. And Jenny's going to share her testimony today, but uh, Pastor Margaret has a question she wants to start out asking you first. (laughs) So yeah, Jenny, you and I have known each other for a while. We've had a few conversations over the years. But uh, just a question today, Um, what is your favorite bird? Hummingbird. Why is that? Because they're so tiny and they travel all the way from South America. I mean, they migrate every year. And like I said, they're such a tiny little bird. You just can't imagine them flying that far far to migrate. Yeah. Wow. So when the first hummingbird comes in the spring, that's pretty exciting at our house. You know that that bird's pretty tired, right? You're ready to take care of it. Yeah. That's awesome. It just shows your compassionate heart. That's really cool. Um, thank you for just humoring us for a yeah. minute to ask you an off-the-wall yeah. question. I know my dad likes feeding hummingbirds, so uh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, Jenny, just start out telling us uh, where you're from and about how you grew up. I'm from Shenandoah, or as the people that live there say, Shenandoah. Right. Um, <laughs> that's how you know you're from there. Yes, exactly. Um, I have, there's seven children mm-hmm. in my family. I got married when I was 20 and moved up in the world. I moved up to Elkton, which my dad would actually say it's not up to Elkton because it's actually south. Right. When we would turn out of our road, we would go up. So we always thought it was up to Elkton. And Rick and I have been married for 43 years this year. Wow. Yeah. So um, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I'm sorry. That's a, yeah. That is... I'm speechless. <laughs> As you should be. And I am sure every day has been roses. Um, oh, oh, definitely. <laughs> that's why we'll keep it, right? Um, so you grew up uh, there in Shenandoah. I'm not from there. Uh, <laughs> uh, how was it growing up? Did you all go to church as a family? What did that look like? Yeah, we did attend church. Uh, my dad never attended church. Okay. But um, he was a very good example to us because he always wanted to help people. Mm. And he's been gone now for 20 years, but sometimes me and my mom talk. And I mean, he would take, mom would get all of us ready for church. We'd all pile in the car, and he would take us to church because my mom didn't drive. Okay. Uh-huh. And he would come and get us from church. And as all the kids left home, and my mom actually changed churches, he would actually go drop her off, and then he would come back early, and he would sit on the swing outside the church and wait for her. Wow. So she always felt in her heart that even though he wasn't in the church, Uh that he had that connection to church. Yeah. So, yeah, we all... You know, all of us attended church. I guess part of my story, I was reading a book the other day, and it was called Redemption. Mm -hmm. Uh And I never thought of my story as being redemption, but after I read it, I thought that that could very well be me. Mm. As a teenager, I rebelled. Yeah, I know about (laughs) it. (laughs) Um, 
you know, thought I knew everything. I didn't need the Lord in my life. And I can honestly say the church that we went to uh, growing up compared to the church that I attend now wasn't like a teaching church. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the way I looked at it when I was younger. Yeah. You know, maybe that was the my perceptive of it. It might have been more than that. Yeah. So I left the church basically as soon as I graduated from high school. I went to college, which made it even worse because that was the party scene. Yeah. Got into that. Uh, I did attend church a few times when I was in college because two of my friends from high school mm-hmm. went there, and they would invite me to go to church uh, at college, so I did go a few times. And my husband, Rick, was the same way. Mm-hmm. He grew up in the church, and basically we left the church mm-hmm. together. And, of course, back then, you went to a church that you grew up in, mm-hmm. and you stayed in that church. You didn't go looking for another church like, right. you know, we have It was the, in your community. Exactly. Right. So you right. stayed. Yeah, right. like we have the option to do that right. these days. Right. So, you know, I just never really thought about going to church. But if you would have asked me during that time when I was out right. of the church, if I was a Christian, oh, yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, was a, yeah. I was a Christian, right. even though I wasn't following the way I, I should have been. Yeah. I still I still believed. And like somebody said one time, well, you know, you were leading a good life. You, right. you know, you were nice to people, you know, but still you weren't right. doing what Jesus wanted you right. to do. So for 20 years, yeah. I didn't attend church. And I always say that God works in the tiniest details because I was looking for a new hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. And I always say, a bad haircut got me back to church. So I was looking for a new hairdresser, and my sister said, I'm going to this hairdresser in Dayton. Why don't you call her and make an appointment? And that hairdresser was Margaret Michael. Yes, it was. (laughs) So Margaret has the gift of becoming your friend, not pounding religion into you right at the very beginning. So Margaret and I became friends, and then as we became friends, we started talking about church. And she invited me to church, and I would have to say that the rest is history. Yes, for sure. (laughs) So I've been attending the Nazarene Church now for 20 years, and I heard things from the pulpit from Pastor Carey that I had never heard Mm. before, or that I didn't remember hearing before, right, like right, I said, yeah, you know, as a yeah. child and a teenager. And that was that you could have a personal relationship mm. with Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, Praise the Lord. I, had, I guess we called mm-hmm. children. Yeah, I had had no idea about that. So in the 20 years that I've been here, I'm just growing and growing and growing and am a work in progress for sure. But um, that's pretty much mm-hmm. how I feel like that's my story of redemption. Right, yeah, right. Even all those years that I was away from God, He was still there. Right. You know, He was still there with me, putting people in my path that, right. I, you know, I had yeah. no idea what, right. what the reason was for. Because right. why would I go from Elkton all the way to Dayton to get a haircut? Yeah. yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I just want to clarify that the bad haircut was before you got there. Oh, yes, absolutely, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and there may have been some action, yeah. but... Uh... <laughs> well, I think there at the end, we did more talking than we did 
right. haircut. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. We, yeah, that was definitely not the bad haircut at <laughs> on Margaret Station. <laughs> well, Jenny, as you were talking, I thought about something and talking about how Pastor Margaret had invited you to church uh, while she was cutting your hair. I think about many years ago, we had Bruce Carroll here, and oh, yeah. he had a song, and I forget what the person's name was, Angie. but it was Angie's chair. Yeah. And I believe oh, dad yeah. had Bruce that night change it to Margaret's chair. Mm-hmm. But basically it was talking about the person cutting hair and inviting the people that they cut their hair. So I just thought about that when you said that that's how you ended up at our church. Mm-hmm. You know, someone, I think it was Pastor Jamie, printed out the words to that song with my name in it and had Bruce Carroll oh, sign it. I have that still. Cool. Um, that was an aha moment for me because I didn't have any idea of what I was doing. I never understood just how God was using me, and I had no idea mm-hmm. um, in those days. So um, that's humbling um, to think about even now. Um, and I will say that, continuing on my story, that um, I came to church for seven years before Rick came to church. That's right. Yeah. So, and a friend of mine here at church, you know, I would talk to her about it. And um, she said, you can't pressure him. You can't force him. That's right. All you can do is let him see the change in your life. That's right. And, you know, I would go home and, you know, relay the message and, you know, things that said from the pulpit. And, you know, I just kept inviting him. And one Sunday he came and he's been coming ever since too. So, yeah. Yeah. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, That's such a... A message that I think that those listening need to hear, um, that we can't, I've tried to drag some people to church that didn't go well. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, we have to just let God change us and uh, be the example, be the witness and not say, well, they're not going to go, so I'm not going to go. You know, we have a responsibility as believers to do the right thing. I want to go back a couple years to uh, when you all piled in that car. To go to church. First of all, what kind of car was it? <laughs> My dad was always a Buick person. Uh huh. So it was some, you know, some kind of Buick, yeah. And there was no seat belts oh, on no, it. No. Not with seven kids in the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just picturing that because so, I know some of your um, sisters and what a precious memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I was somewhere volunteering years ago and this couple came in. And of course, our family is five girls and then two boys. Mm-hmm. And this couple came in and they had five girls, just like, you know, stepping yeah. stairs like yeah. we were. Yeah. And I just looked at them and I think I even teared up, mm. you know, because I just thought that's what my parents, yeah. that's, you know, what my yeah. parents yeah. lived yeah. with or whatever. So, um, yeah, I have I have such good memories of church, even, you know, even as a teenager, because I loved Vacation Bible School. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved going, I went to church camp in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed yeah. all of that. Yeah. And I know my mom's a praying, you know, mother. Yeah. And so I'm sure to her, uh, well, we, we even talk about it to this day, because there's only two of us in the family that attend church. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm sure to her, you know, it's just like I can't understand why my kids were brought up in the church and they, you know, have left the church. And I tell people, you know, like in our life group Mm -hmm. that are having concerns about their children not going to church. And and I'm like, it's in God's timing. Right. (laughs) Took me 20 years, but, you know, I was able to get back and grow from that. So, 
Um, and you know, uh, the gift that um, your parents gave you, and we talk about this often here, is you, there was a foundation of exactly. laid. We live in a post-Christian culture mm-hmm. right, where a lot of folks have not been to church mm-hmm. when they show up. And so they have no reference. And I think the gift of taking your children uh, and, you know, making sure that not just at church, but in the home, mm-hmm. too, reading the stories, being in the Word is powerful because that was, for me, you know, the same thing. God brought Scripture back to me and it was a big part of my journey back to Him. So, yeah, that is, it's really precious to hear just how your parents made sure that you were there and it's hard telling what had happened with your dad to maybe cause some pain um, as happens in churches. Um, so you were saying how your dad had a compassionate heart to help others. Mm-hmm. So would you say that that's something that maybe you got from him? Um, maybe you don't. I never s- thought of it that way, but I saw that growing up. So maybe modeled that. Exactly. And yeah. You can share what you've been doing over the last few years as a job and as a volunteer. But as you, when you said that, I'm like, he modeled something so important, mm-hmm. um, the compassionate heart of God. Um, and I see that come through in you. So I'll let you share okay. what you've been doing. Well, I was in the um, manufacturing area for 32 years, and I was fortunate enough to leave that when I had the opportunity. And I knew that at the time I was too young to retire, so I was looking for something else, didn't have any idea what that something else would be. And a few months after I had, I'm gonna say retired, I Mm -hmm. guess technically that's the word, from that job, I saw something posted in our church bulletin that Hope distributed, which Mm -hmm. was food pantry and clothing store, Mm -hmm. an arm of the Nazarene Church, was looking for an administrator. Well, I had never even been to Hope Distributed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew it was part of the church, but I didn't really, you know, I hadn't been involved in, in it or anything. I thought, well, it's part-time, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I think I'll apply for that. And I can still remember when Pastor Sam called me and said, we would like to offer you the job. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Really? (laughs) And he was like, yes. I was like, okay, all right. And I'll have to say, I was uh, recently retired from Hope Distributed. I was there for eight years. I got more from that job than the whole 32 or 30-some years that I ever got from the job that I was previously. Growing up in a small community, we didn't have a lot of diversity as far as Mm -hmm. nationalities, you know, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. And you have your preconceived notions of, right. you know, right. who people are. Right. But just getting to know the clients at Hope Distributed and, well, first of all, I always thought being hungry was being homeless. Right. Mm. Right. So that was the first big thing wow. that I learned at Hope Distributed, that, right. I mean, there are hardworking families out right. there that just can't make ends meet. So that was the first big aha moment at Hope Distributed. But just getting to know other people and realizing how blessed that we were growing up, you know, that we, did, we didn't we did have a lot. 
I mean, me and my sister was talking the other day. We knew not to ask for anything. I remember one time I asked for a pony. <laughs> and my dad was like, girl, I can't hardly afford to feed the seven of you. How in the world are we going to feed a pony, you know? But just one of those childish things, you know, <laughs> that yeah. you, you don't think about till later. But, um, you know, growing up, we always had food on the table. Mm-hmm. I do laugh about hand-me-down clothes. One year I had my school picture taken in one shirt and the next year my sister had her picture taken in the same shirt. (laughs) So there was, uh, and being the fourth girl, there was a lot of hand-me-downs to me. But yeah, Hope Distributed just was just an eye-opener to me. And I feel like I got more the time that I worked there Mm -hmm. from that than I ever gave, you know, to Mm -hmm. it. But yeah, it's just it's a just an amazing, amazing operation. Yeah. I, and I think you know we think that we're gonna, whether it's volunteering or working right. in an organization like that, we're doing that to help others. And right. the blessing that comes from that obedience of working um, and helping others uh, far outweighs uh, what we actually give. Mm-hmm. It's like you said, God works in ways He grows us in the midst of that journey. And now volunteering there, I still get to see, right. you know, the clients that come. Right. And, you know, I like to always go out and say, how are you doing? How's right. things going? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you don't, obviously you, most of the time you don't get into in-depth, you know, right. backgrounds of, you know, who they right. are, but it's just nice to see their faces, right. yeah. you know, every month right. and ask them how they are. And right. sometimes they will share or ask for a prayer request, mm-hmm. you right. know, so those are, good moments too yeah and it's it's amazing just how that can start building relationships and I've recently got back to being up there and am enjoying that getting to know some folks and getting in more conversations Um, so and you have a knack for like just I remember uh, one day we were loading food into vehicle and I think someone had a Miami Dolphin Uh pillow or something uh in their trunk and you were able to take that uh, because I think Steve's yeah. Mm-hmm. a yeah, you were able to take that and just start a conversation with, right? You know this this yeah. person. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you have a knack for yeah, for the gift that. of gab. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> um. well, I was trying to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in charge of the details, but I can have a conversation. Um, so that's so good. Is there, like, is there a story? Obviously that you could share that, not sharing personal information, but just maybe a a relationship that you've had or an interaction that you've had up there that could really help us maybe just to peek into the life of someone that shows up every week. I don't know if you might have something like that or something that's impacted you personally. Well, I do know the first, I do remember distinctly the first prayer request. Wow. Yeah, that someone... Actually, the person did not ask for prayer. It was a young man, and he was a single dad, and I think he said his daughter was like six years old. And so we just, you know, kind of had a conversation, and I could just tell in his, I could just tell in his heart that he was just being very tender, you know, sharing this with me. Um, You know, just like any dad, he just wanted to make sure that he could do whatever he could, you know, for his daughter. And he started weeping, Mm. you know, and this is just, you know, in the food pantry, Mm. just he and I standing there. And so I asked him if he would like for me, you know, if Mm -hmm. we could pray together. And he said that would be wonderful. 
you know, had no idea anything about this young man other than he was a single parent with a mm. daughter. And I have found over the years that sometimes you just have to take that leap of faith mm -hmm. and let God put the words mm -hmm. yeah. in your prayers. Yeah. Uh, because like I said, I, you know, I really didn't have any idea what to pray yeah. with him right. about. But God just put the words in my yeah. heart as well. And I just right. shared that with him. And then, uh, of course, he thanked me. And then uh, I was able to, you know, invite him to, or not, I don't know if the word is inviting to church, but I was able to tell him, you know, that, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was invited to church and there was a wonderful children's ministry mm -hmm. here, right. you know, if he was interested in that. And I don't know if he ever, yeah. ever came or not, right. but, you know, I just felt like I needed to put that out there yeah. as well. Yeah. So I think that's, that's something I also learned that you can ask someone if they want prayer. I've never had anybody say no right, at the right. food pantry. I've had some people say no somewhere else, but um, and God will give you the words right. to share with that person. So that that's another thing that I guess I got from the the food pantry is just interacting, you know, right. with people mm -hmm. and maybe knowing when that time was yeah. that you felt like that they would be right. recipient to do a yeah. prayer. Yeah. And God just kind of leads that. And it is amazing when we ask that in faith, not having any idea what we might say, how that he does give us the words mm -hmm. right. um, to share and that bring comfort that it's beyond right. what we have any capacity on our own right. to right. think about right. or, or formulate. really understand right. what their situation is. Yeah. And Jenny, as you were talking, and I was going to ask this, but you mentioned it about how even though you retired from working at Hope Distributed, you still volunteer there. And uh, I actually, I think typically the time of month that I typically try to volunteer is the time that you still volunteer. And I'm thinking, she's always here. And you're, I think one week you said, no, it's just this is the only time <laughs> that I'm here. But I uh, just wondered, uh, you know, you talked about some of the things that you had been blessed through work and hope distributed and so i just wondered what made you want to continuing to serve at hope distributed even after you had retired from work in there well first of all i feel like i have a connection there right. you know that um i think god brought me there for a reason and it was to expand Right. Um, and of course we were expanding into our new right. facility mm -hmm. at the time um, so i just felt like um I was a, a, a part, God let me be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And after retiring, I knew that I still wanted to just be a part of that. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes what happens is when you're in the day-to-day -day operation, right. you kind of forget sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. with all the stuff going on and the craziness, you know, you kind of forget sometimes while you're doing what you're doing. Right. So that's why I volunteered even from the very beginning. Right. Um, is I, you know, I just wanted to be there. Right. And then, of course, you know, after retiring, basically the same thing. I just still right. felt like that that was part of my heart. Yeah. And yeah. I just I wanted to be there. Yeah. What would you say, maybe somebody's listening today that needs food, um, and they've never really thought that they could go somewhere and pick it up. Maybe they have some days when they come home and their pantries are bare. How do they get in touch? What's the best thing for them to do and to reach out and to become a part of a as recipient? A, as a client? Well, I guess, you know, you could 
you could obviously call yeah. and and the director and the administrator there now would give you the information you know right. when you can come get right. food um, I know you can go online right. hope distributed all that information is on there as well probably both of either one of those would, yeah would probably work we can't really put it in the show notes of the broadcast but on podcast we can add that into the show notes the phone number is on the website and so we can make sure that they get that what would you say to someone who maybe would like to volunteer but they're just they're just not sure um, if this is a place for them like there are different things right mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, some specific needs yeah because there's some people that don't want to interact with the clients mm-hmm. introverts exactly right? <laughs> um, and that's fine because there's plenty of things you know there's packing food there's sorting food um, you know there's plenty of opportunities that you can do behind the scene there's also um, I know right now probably we're keeping up with it pretty good because of we're not doing the personal shopping where mm-hmm. people can come in the building right but when that opens back up I know there's some administrative things that become needs too like there is computer input mm-hmm. and so I think there's there's opportunities no matter what your skill set is exactly so it'd be a place for anyone mm-hmm. right yeah and I just wanted to mention that information. The website is hopedistributed.org, and uh, the phone number for Hope Distributed is one five four zero five seven eight three five one zero. Yeah. So Very those good. are ways you can get in touch, either if you're in need of food or if you want to volunteer. And also, I know for those who might not be able to get to the food pantry, they also have deliveries certain days that they can mm-hmm. deliver to people. So if you're in need or if you know of somebody that's in need. And if you want to come and get food to deliver to some folks, that's an option too. If you have people in your community, um, either your church could do it together or you can do it as an individual. But there are lots of ways that you can work with a clothes closet um, where people can come in and get free clothes. And uh, we have a furniture ministry as well and so there's a lot happening lots of opportunities to be involved and engaged it's a place to bring clothes and furniture Mm -hmm. as well so that we can have a supply right uh jenny uh thank you for joining us today is there anything in closing um in relation to your testimony or anything else that you want to share that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't shared already um i guess one thing that I like to share is every day is new and God always welcomes you back with open arms. Mm. It doesn't matter, you know, what what you've done. So if you think that your past, uh, you know, you can't get over that because God doesn't love you anymore, Mm. that's not true. So if it's 20 days since you've been out of church, 20 months since you've been out of church, 20 years since you've been out of church, you're always welcome back. Just, you know, find a good Bible-believing church and I think just know that you can develop a relationship with Jesus and he's just like your best friend. Yeah. And there's certainly coming into a community of believers and not walking alone. Exactly. Um, That's what he calls us to as believers. And so finding that church to walk that journey 
with other like-minded people in Christ has been a powerful part of, um, I think, both of our journeys. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, too, that don't give up on prayer. Right. You may not see what you're praying for happen right. in your lifetime, right. but I think the seeds have been right. planted. Yeah. Right. I know, Margaret, you talk about someone said they wouldn't want to invite you to church because they didn't think you'd want to come. Um, we can't use those preconceived right. notions uh, right. about people and, right. you know, all they can do is say no, right. but you've planted right. the seed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so true. We never know where God's working in the hearts of people, turning them back. Um, The provenient grace of God, that grace that draws us um, from the time we're born, that, you know, it's the Father pursues us um, to have a relationship. And so um, when we are with people um, that are not um, believers, they are one person away from God. Right. It's quite a... It is quite a responsibility as believers. Um, You know, we've been put here for such a time as this, in these days, in the midst of a pandemic, to be Christ um, in this world. So thank you for not just being a Christian, but being an active believer in the kingdom, um, just engaging the needs of folks that really have great need. So thank you. And Jenny, that was a great reminder that it's never too late as long as the person's breathing for them to come back to Christ and also to stay faithful in prayer if you know of people that haven't accepted him. Even if you've been praying for him for many years, keep praying for him Mm -hmm. because prayer works and uh, God may be working in ways we can't see in those people's lives. So thank you uh, for joining us uh, for today's broadcast of Hope Talks. It's been good to have you. Uh, Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that as you've heard Jenny Meadows' testimony, that it's been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.